Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome to another week of Million Dollar Agent, the podcast, the longest serving podcast in Australia, in real estate, and the only podcast that doesn't have a sponsor. Clue as to whether that's real. Are we the longest serving real estate podcast? We probably are, actually. We are. We are the longest serving because John, when when you came up with the idea, I still remember when you actually called up Brilliant. because you'd been you'd been listening to Bill Bill Kasky and yeah. and um, some other guy doing the advanced selling podcast. And I looked around; there was no other real estate podcast, but there is a lot now. Steinway's got a number of podcasts. Um, Thirty-one minutes where he touches on life and business. Uh, um, but in Australia, I, I don't know, Troy, what we're up to. We must be uh, at uh, what are we? Five or is this five or six years? Um, no. <laughs> no, it's more. It's more like eight, How eight about, or nine now, Tom. I think. Eight or nine years. Eight or nine years yeah. at fifty. Eight or nine years. So nine times fifty is four fifty. Having said that, we've had a few buys over the last uh, 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 three months. So. <laughs> Um, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to know what that what what that what that number actually is. But uh, I'll look it up. I will look it up for you right now. <laughs> while while you're doing that, Troy, I'm going to bring up the subject of this week's topic is superior buyer management, particularly in this changing market. And by the way, we do get a lot of uh, agents that do say to us, Tom, you've got to understand our market still actually hasn't changed at all. So there are parts of Australia. Uh, yeah. Perth, Adelaide, um, some parts of Queensland, some parts of Queensland um, uh, have not had any change at all. What, what's the feedback you you get from the McGrath agents about um, market changes all over Australia? Any any info? Yeah, on that? most of our we are East Coast focused, as you know, from Hobart up to Townsville. So. Um, we are finding that almost all of our agents have, to some degree, been impacted. Um, Queensland holding up better than elsewhere. I'm told that uh, Perth and I think Adelaide is not too bad. Perth quite good, Adelaide okay. But over time, they'll come back. I mean, you know, what we're talking about, the thing that's bringing prices down is not isolated to a city. It's it's the cost of living, it's the inflation rate, it's the macro economy, it's interest rates, it's all those things. So, you know, unfortunately, if, if, if this kind of like uh, fog hasn't hit you, it will, but that's okay. As we said last week in our podcast, this is probably the best market ever for you to grow market share. And if you listen to some of the stuff that we talk about and look at some of the case studies of greatness, you know, you can go out there and build your market share right now easier and better than, well, it's easier. Certainly, it's more direct and available than ever before. When the order takers were looking like superheroes, yeah, that was not an easy time to stand out because everyone's results look pretty good. Now, if you're driving through a suburb and you see an agent, there's a sold sign on every board they do. You're going to be wanting to call that agent into your place. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. So let's yeah, let's have a chat about the buyer management, Tommy. I think we talked briefly last week about simple things like you know one-on-one appointments, working with more buyers, getting closer to them. I think you know, Troy, you know, you're a big believer in you know more hot buyers, working with more hot buyers, and I think anyone that doesn't have a notebook or a or a, or, a, or a, you know an iPad full of 30 40 50 maybe more quality buyers that are in the market I mean this is not the day and age to be launching a property on the market and having no one to talk to you actually want to have a group of people ready to go so buyer manager I'll tell you this quick story Troy before you respond to that one of one of your and my friends and colleagues in the business was looking to buy a property recently eventually purchased Long story short, he, he found four properties along the way that he really liked. 
called up, asked for contracts. Not one of the agents sent him the contract upon request. He had to ask at least twice, and some of them even after the second request didn't send it. Two is none of them, and none of them knew that he bought eventually, which he did, but none of them followed him up, even though he'd said, hey, I'm interested, that looks good, can you send me a contract, I want to bid. None of those people followed him up on afterwards. So I actually think, yeah, Troy, yeah, part, the big, biggest part of the problem is not the market, it's the agents. They're just lazy. They're not following through. They're not organised. Make sense? John, we've always said you must have a minimum of 25 hot buyers that you're working with at any one time. And, Tom, it's not just taking their budget, the configuration of the home they want, the suburbs. It's actually getting closer to them at a deeper level and understanding what are their requirements? Why do they want to live in that area? Is it because it's close to school? Is it because it's close to transport? Is it a lifestyle factor? The better you understand the buyers, the more likely you are to find the property for them. Connecting buyers with sellers and what we've seen over the past couple of years with hot, you know, off-market sales and a bit more of a hotter market than what we've seen at the moment, um, it always comes down to how connected you are to the buyers and how much can you get them emotionally engaged with the property to compete against others to pay a premium price. And right now, the agents that are most successful, they're the ones that are doing that every single buyer they're dealing with. And you're right, John, some of our most successful agents, they're not just dealing with 25 hot buyers, they're dealing with 50, 60, 100 hot buyers. So they're making sure as soon as that agency signed, they've got them lining up the door out the, out the door to come and see that property. And I think it's just the strategy that's going to work going forward. I love this market, Tommy. I absolutely love it. This is where great salesmanship, organised salespeople, brands that are calm and confident, they really excel. I just think this is so exciting. You might have to sell every property twice because every second deal is probably going to fall over. That's okay. You're going to get valuations that don't stand up. That's okay. In sport, you know, Troy, and you've been a great sports person, Troy, in your career prior to real estate, um, when I was playing sport, I used to love the hard games that you would, you know, it was just hard, hard every inch and every minute of the game. They were, And this is, I relate that to this, this is one of those times, you know, there's no resting on your laurels, nothing's going to happen by accident, every word in every phone call and every conversation matters, you miss an inquiry, it could have been the inquiry that was going to buy it. Every day counts. Oh, I just love it. Oh, this is this is what good agents were built for this market. So please don't delude yourself out there. If your if your business does not grow as an agent or even as a principal during the next 12 to 24 months, please realize that's your decision and your actions. It has nothing to do with the market. The best agents will grow their business in this environment and off the back of buyer servicing. Tommy, what are your thoughts on, on buyer servicing? Because you work a lot in the gym with you know, sort of coaching around I'm going to make reference to a guy called John Owsnett, who was my first real estate boss. And it was in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, just after the, the boom had finished, where prices okay. doubled. And um, I wasn't a listing agent. When I started working at that office, my job was to be a buyer manager. And the way I used to get paid, guys, was this. I got the, the lister, which was John Ausnett, would get 35% and I would get 15% as the buyer manager, right? So he would list them and I would get 15%. And he said to me, when I first started there, listen to what he said, incredible advice. Back in 89, it's still strong advice today. He said, I want you to learn these five magical questions. And if these five magical questions come up when you're talking to a buyer, 
you stick to that buyer like a stamp sticks on an envelope. You don't let them go. Here are the five questions. Have you bid on anything yet? Number one. Number two, have you made any offers on any properties yet? Number three, what's the best home you've seen so far that you really liked? Number four, what stopped you from buying that one? Number five, if I found you something that you really like today, is there any reason why we couldn't go on to contract ASAP? He said, if you get positive answers on those five questions, you sit there and you stick to them and you don't let that buyer go. And he goes, if you've exhausted all our stock, you then go off and you ask other agents for conjunctions, because back then there used to be a lot of conjunctions, EAC, multi-list type things, right? And he goes, you find it. And i got to say, Troy and John, there was something exciting about being able to have a buyer sitting in a car, talking to them, going to the property, coming back out, watching them stare at the property, and then saying to them, hey, can I just ask you, are you just interested in this or would you like me to help you own this? That was the closing question he taught me to say. He goes, at some point, you've got to take control of the negotiation and ask him, are you just interested in this or would you like me to help you own this? Because I can show you how, right? And um, he did say, he did say, if you're smart enough, have good time management. And if you've got an appointment at four o'clock, organized to have another buyer there at 4.15. You want to have social proof. You want to create the impression that, hey, this is not one of these properties that's never going to sell. Like there are still people interested in this. And I've got to say, guys, when I compare that kind of buyer management to what I saw the last two years, when you rock up at an auction and you see 50 people coming through the home and it looks like it's a Boxing Day sale at David Jones, and no one knows what's going on. You've got an agent sitting there, there's people flying left, right, and center. You don't know what's going on. You can actually see why good real estate agents actually thrive on a market like this. Mm, oh, I, I think there's nothing better. This is this is the great time. But you Tom, you know, you got to have a plan. As I said before, no, there's no deals that are going to happen by by coincidence in this market. You know, you got to have a plan. I, I'm still a great believer in auction and on-site auctions for me. Uh, the auction process, I still think, is incredibly effective. A lot of agents are now panicked because they're turning up to auctions and there's one buyer. Well, get good at selling auctions with one buyer That's or, or get good at negotiating before auction with one buyer. But I, I think more than ever in this market puts a, puts a time frame, it gives some concentration to the vendor, it gives concentration to the buyers, and if you are able to get more than one buy, it can create competitive tension, even in a market like this. True, I know you did a few on the weekend, and I so did you, Tommy. And and not not every property is zero or one buyers. There's still some good competitive tension. So yeah, I think you got to be doing it. You know, we talked last week about price guides. Not a time to have buyers think that buyers will guess about the price. Yeah, this is important. So you know, it's really important. Ten to twelve buyers through in the first seventy-two hours should be a goal. If you can't do it, get five to six buyers through in the first 72 hours. But, yeah, buyer servicing, getting close to buyers, working with more buyers. Troy, you said 25 before, and and you're right, in many markets, that's been the right number. Now it's 50. You have to have 50 buyers that are on your speed dial that you're talking to twice a week, in my opinion, twice a week, because you need a stronger head start than you used to have to. There was a time an agent could wing it, stick a board up, turn up on the first Saturday and have 60 groups through. Those times are gone. 
you've got to work harder to get competitive tension and to get buyer engagement and you've got to get it early on. So, you know, really incredibly important to have a plan. And a lot of agents, they're, they're wandering around like they've been in a car accident, like dazed. Don't worry about it. The market's fine. This is a great time. So, yeah, they're, they're my, my views on, on where they you have to be nowadays. John and Tom, um, John, you mentioned that, uh, you know, getting five, seven, 10, 20 buyers through in the first seven days is incredibly important. A great little tip that I saw um, coming out of Queensland, actually, when I was recently up there was to never have those private appointments in isolation, to actually have multiple private appointments back to back on 20 minute increments. And what that does, it allows the buyer to have enough time that they, you know, you can build great trust and rapport, really understand their circumstances. But as they're walking out the door, they're seeing another party go into the property. And so if they're motivated and they do like the property, it normally allows them to act quite quickly. Whereas if you only have the one buyer appointment, sometimes they feel as if they're the only one interested and it pays self-doubt in their mind. Just be really conscious if you can compress those private appointments and have them back to back. Um, it will obviously free up a lot of time for the vendor, but also it creates that competitive tension, the same as an open for inspection for the buyers. Sure, you've come back with gold. Like, we've... We've got to send you off on a busy bit of sabbatical more often. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It might be the no coffee. I'm still not drinking coffee. We're another weekend uh, and it's no coffee. So maybe it is giving me the clarity. Are you saying that I wasn't good before, John? <laughs> you've got an edge that, oh, it's exciting. A few things you've said this week and last week, they've just locked. I love that. Back-to-back buyer appointments. See, he's always building on my ideas, Tommy. I said more one-on-one appointments. He's gone a step, as usual, a step further, and he's yeah. saying, yeah, but you've got to have them back-to-back so when one leaves, the other one arrives. I love it. It's gone. very smart. Got, got, you, got you to speak. <laughs> it, so, what he, what, so, John, I don't know if you've worked it out with Troy. What he'll do is uh, he'll sit there and he'll listen and you'll listen and then he'll quickly take a couple of notes. And then what he's, at, what he's got at the end is the combination of everything that's been said before Plus, he added his own flavour to it, so he ends up being a better, a better, a better a contribution. But Troy, Troy, you're absolutely right because social proof is extremely powerful. Let me tell you the downside to social proof in auctions at the moment, and I'm just going to tell you one of the things I heard an agent say last week, which I thought to myself, "That's gold." So what happens, Troy? You know what it's like as an auctioneer. Whenever you've got one bidder and there hasn't been a big crowd invited and you've got the agent, and you've got one bidder. Even mm-hmm. if that bidder wants it, often what happens, John, is the bidder says, but I'm the only one here. So they get stage fright, right? Um, so what this agent went up to say to this buyer, because he knew that he probably wasn't going to get a big crowd, he went up to him and he goes, listen, it could be your lucky day. Keep your fingers crossed that no one else registers over the next 10 minutes because then you've only got to fight against the vendor and no other buyers. I love that. That's right? Nice. And I think it's good because a lot of the times what happens is the agents at an auction come to me and they say, but the buyer keeps saying, hey, but I'm the only one here. So they get scared. They're thinking, what's wrong with this property? You know, is there something that I don't know? I think good agents actually that are deal makers are actually saying to buyers and they're preempting and they're saying, listen, i got great news for you. You know, you're not going to have too much competition, so you're going to be in the driver's spot as a, uh, until the auction. The opposite is, of course, when you get a when you get a when you get an, a, 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 a buyer say to you, "Oh, yeah, but you know, like there's no one else here." I think agents should actually learn to actually say, "Listen, 
What do you yeah. want? Do you want another 11 people to be here? Do you want to make it harder than it has to be, you know? Yeah, there's a window of opportunity. Dive through it. Tommy, before we finish, because I know we've only got a couple of minutes to go, in the coaching session I was talking about last week and I was just giving some fairly basic um, uh, communication to, to my guys that I was talking to, and, and a couple of them asked me about, well, you know, what are you saying in these, these vendor meetings? So here's what I'm saying, Tom. Let's look at the progress to date. And I like saying that because I want people to know, even if it's not what they want to hear, there's progress. Let's look at the progress to date, Tom. We've had 68 inspections. Uh, we've only had one offer. The offer's at 1.8, but the feedback, unfortunately, has actually been south of 1.8. So I know that you and Sula were hoping to get two, 2.2, and to be quite frank, in the prior market, you would have. This is a new market. The price is, has now changed. The market is now... The top of the market's actually 1.8. Tom, I want to ask you the question. Does it still make sense for you to sell around that figure? So this is what I what I refer to as unselling, Tommy. I'm almost, you know, saying if you want to convince me it still makes sense. And sometimes, you know, you'll say, well, rarely, but sometimes you'll say, yeah. actually, I ha- unless I can get to, I can't do what I wanted to do. Most of the time you'll pause and you'll say, well, I guess everything else that I'm looking at has gone down. I'm going to Queensland. They're, they've come down a bit. Yeah, look, I, I think we I think we should still keep going. But does it still make sense for you to sell around that figure? For me, it's not. I'm not pressuring you. I'm not saying we've got to bring our price back to 1.8. I'm actually respectfully asking whether or not this transaction still makes sense at that level. And I find that that is very well received by vendors. It's non-threatening. It forces them to respond. I mean, you can't ignore the question. You know, you can say, no, it doesn't make sense. And then I can say, tell me more about that. What's your plan B? Or you can say, well, look, it's disappointing that we're not up around the two or more. But at the end of the day, yes, you know, we're still open to offers around that figure. You have to you have to be asking the questions that progress the transaction. So hopefully, you know, that, that helps someone. The reality is, unfortunately, this market will get worse before it gets better. That's not a negative view. That's just a realistic assessment. Out of 25 economists recently in an article, all 25 said the economy is getting worse, the property market is getting worse, the share market is getting worse. Is it possible all 25 of them are wrong? Possible, highly unlikely. So I think, you know, ourselves and our vendors just have to accept that, you know, the best price they're going to get in 2022 is actually today. It's not in six months' time. Could be, could be better in three years for sure. But not many people want to put their lives on hold with their real estate for three or four years. So revel in the market, Troy. This is it. Minute by minute, game of inches. Love these games. Love this market. And uh, no doubt next week, Tommy, will be getting a few more uh, pearls of wisdom from Troy uh, in in the uh, MBA podcast. Now, I can't let you both go without telling you that we actually have been live since November 2013. So that's eight years and nine months we've been live on this podcast. So can you tell how many episodes? Uh, I didn't look up the episodes. I didn't miss, I missed that part. Hang on. So, 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 so John, while, while, Troy's, uh, while Troy's doing that, um, geez, that, is it that long? Is it, 2000, is it 2013? First episode we went live, November 2013. Well, I'm going to tell you, your, 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 mathemat- your mathematics aren't going to, your, your, your content on real estate is incredible at the moment, Troy, but your mathematics hasn't stacked up because if you're saying 2013 and we're in 2022, 
That makes it a nine-year podcast. Eight, eight years, nine months. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, Tommy. Eight. I should have said that. Eight years, nine months. Okay. Eight years and nine. Eight years and nine months. Um, um, yeah. Look, I've had. I've got to say to you, I had a. I had a guy that inquired six months ago. He said to me, um, "Mate, what's the best audio book I can listen about real estate in Australia?" And I said, I gave him, a, I gave him a couple. I googled a couple, and I even gave him Tom Hopkins' How to the, uh, How to Art Master the Art of Selling. And then I said, Listen, in case you're not listening, I said, There's, you know, there's these things called podcasts, which I'm sure you've heard of. I said, and it's like an audio book. And um, I said, I'll send you the link on one that uh, we do with Troy and John. And during the week, um, he's he's from uh, Mint in the Inner West. During the week, he said to me, Mate. I can't get over it. He goes, I just binged on it. He goes, it's like the longest audio book ever been written. He goes, I went from the start and I'm listening to it. And he goes, it's really good because you're talking about stuff in this country that we can relate to. You know, you're not using some of the uh, the American methods that you've got a buyer's commission and a seller's commission and what have you. Um, but uh, some people find, like one person found value. Troy, what did you, you come up with? What's the number? 302 episodes. 302 episodes. Okay. I heard the other day that, oh, I don't know if it was Joe Rogan or something, like it's thousands they've done. And that, that Joe Rogan, it's, they, he's unbelievable. The, the uh, sponsorship of the money. Who, someone paid him 30 million or something, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you who is very good, and we'll leave it on this note, Tomics. I know you've got to wrap up. Tom Ferry's work at the moment is at an all time high. I, I watched a number of his videos and I probably watched half a dozen the other day. Most of them were 10, 15, 20-minute short stuff. It's also, you know, if you're a listener here and you love what we do, also go to Tom Ferry and his his uh, YouTube page. He's, he does some great work as well. So uh, credit where it's due. He's a good guy. He's a dear friend of yours, Tommy, and a friend of mine and Troy's. So well, I, I texted him. Funny enough, he, he texted me straight back. I didn't even know if I had his number. I texted I said, Tommy, this is, this is gold. Like, you've gone to a whole new level. And I thought I'd never get a response. 30 seconds later, he says, hey, JM, he said, I can't wait to catch up. Let's collaborate again soon. He said, I haven't been over there for ages. Got to catch up. So love to have him back into Australia, yeah, maybe. Eric, Eric, 25 next year, Eric. So that'd be a good thing, Troy, to have, uh, yeah. have him 25 next he's year. A, look, he's, the, he's as far as I'm concerned, he's the benchmark of uh, real estate training. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. He's been doing long term. And he's been one of the guys that's adjusted and become very relevant. He's been a video first coach, one of the first. Um, so, and we've had him at Eric speak a, a number of times. And whether he can come and do it face to face next year or do it virtually, because we've proven hybrid conferences do work. There's still a buzz about Eric. Still a buzz. First, you know, I love him here, though, Tommy. He, he's one of those guys that he's super special in real life, and we should do that. I reckon we should bring him over for the 25th anniversary. He hasn't spoken twice before, but that's okay. Everyone loves him. Uh, and his content has moved forward. And in this new market, by the way, it's a whole new learning. So I reckon yep. try and get him across and then maybe we even do a day, special day for, you know, we open it up to a selection of people the day after Eric and maybe have him do a full day. So anyway, we'll talk about that as we get closer. Gentlemen, what a pleasure. Troy, you're getting better with age. I'm loving it. <laughs> well done, Troy. And it's Troy. Troy's so good. We've got him now. Uh, I've got a select group of agents. They're all riding over a million bucks. There's about uh, 85 of them. And Troy Malcolm is going to be our first our first uh, guest appearance because, John, 
Um, you weren't you weren't there the afternoon. Troy delivered a presentation on effective business units, which um, I've got to tell you, I've seen no trainer that's a full time trainer or a trainer that works uh, in an organisation deliver in Australia, New Zealand, and that's on uh, July the 19th off the top of my head. We've got you um, booked in Troy, is that right? Which is, um, yeah, okay. Um, Guys, ladies and gentlemen, girls, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.